Hey, this is John Lee Dumas of the award-winning podcast, Entrepreneurs on Fire, and you're listening to the Excelsior Journeys with George Soroy, presented by the Right Pack Radio Podcasting Network. Prepare to ignite. Is there a burning desire within to share your creativity with the rest of the world? Do you insist on pursuing your passion by any means necessary? Then you are on an Excelsior journey, and you are not alone. Welcome back to Excelsior Journeys. And I'd like to take you guys a little bit back in time to September of 1994. This was a time for me when I was getting into college, finally. And not just getting into college, but getting into college in New York City. During that time, I had finished up six years in Richmond, Virginia. And despite the fact that I have some really great memories of it now, back then, I couldn't wait to get out. Made some friends, and thanks to the wonders of social media, those friends are once again in my life, and you're actually going to hear from, uh, from quite a few of them in future episodes. But what I was really anxious to do was to get back to New York City. I never actually lived in New York City during the time when I was growing up. I always lived in the suburbs over in Poughkeepsie, about an hour away from the city, but the city itself always got some real inspiration out of me. Like, I just felt like I needed to be there. And every time I visited, whenever I was visiting with my father, we would always make a trip into the city and it would just feel so electric. It was just a great time to be in the city. And I was really looking forward to the opportunity to come back there and live there because I was dorming there. Here I am moving into my dorm. I I would say quote unquote dorm because I lived on 77th and Broadway, which was at that time, the Broadway American Hotel, which was... Not exactly the best kind of place, (laughs) but it was, there was something about it that just gave a really good energy to it. Probably had something to do with the fact that right next door was a great bar called Blondie's, and that was actually where I had my first shot of hard liquor around that same time. So there there were quite a few adventures for me during that time, but the main thing that really got me about being in college was the fact that I was moving on to doing something that I wanted to do. I was done with the academic years of high school, middle school, and so on. And here I was ready to focus on things that I really wanted to do. I was going to be involved in theater. And at that time, I had taken taken the, uh, the BA theater arts program. Tried for the BFA for acting, didn't get in, but at the same time, the BA with theater arts actually wound up being a real blessing for me to be in that because I got to work with so many great people that were there for the same reason that I was. I had a dream that I wanted to make into a reality. So did they. So did everyone who was there. They were inspired in some way, shape, or form. And it's wonderful to see so many of them still out there, still pursuing their dream, still doing their best to make it a reality, still making it a reality, making sure that nothing is going to stand in their way. And I am so, so thrilled to say that I have a guest here for this, uh, for this week's episode that is just like that. She came into Marymount with a vision, with an inspiration 
She wanted to see it through after graduation. She kept on with it. And now she has a rough cut of a short film that not only was she the star in, but she also wrote and directed and produced. So you want to talk about just some wonderful inspiration there. She wouldn't have had that if she hadn't gone to Marymount and been around that kind of atmosphere. And it was because of that that she was able to go beyond what she had learned at Marymount and create something of her very own. Like I said before, she is an actress, she is a writer, she is a director, she is a yoga instructor. Um, she is doing a lot of great things out there in New York, and I'm so thrilled to have her here as my guest. Ladies and gentlemen, may I introduce Christina Erickson. Christina, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I am doing great. I am doing great. And it's so great to have you here as a guest because it just reminded me of that drive that everyone was having. It's kind of, it's kind of like the movie Fame, you know, without the... <laughs> I don't know if anyone experienced what Coco went through, but I know, or, but I know that you know, like there were all these different people that were coming in that wanted to create, that wanted to express themselves. And here we were. We were here on 71st Street and 3rd Avenue. We did not have a campus. You know, it wasn't a university. Marymount Manhattan buildings, College. You know. Yeah, yeah. Mary, Marymount Manhattan College, what they did, and I'm not sure if, if uh, you'd gotten the same spiel, during your orientation, but I remember uh, one of the ladies who was leading our orientation saying, New York City is your campus, which is basically their way of saying, we don't have much space to work with. <laughs> so many of you are going to go on 77th and Broadway to that little hotel that we're not gonna really talk about. Um, so, <laughs> and some of you are gonna be at the Y, you know, that's- <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The dorm situation is always questionable when you go to school in New York City. Yeah, but uh, you know, it turns just not good. You know the housing, so you know it is what it is. But I I understand that it was right after both of us graduated. That was when they decided to actually have an act an official Marymount Manhattan College dorm. Oh really? Um, yeah. I missed that. Yeah. Yeah. I I remember I remember being there for the um, great ceremony, and I was just thinking like, well, they already they have my money, so this must be <laughs> where it went. So. Let's go ahead and see what what uh, what the fuss is all about. Hey, here's to the future. <laughs> exactly, exactly. You know, and uh, it's a shame though that you know that all those people that that all the people that went in there didn't quite have the same type of experience uh, that I had, that you had. Were you at uh, Were you at uh, the Broadway American as well? I was my freshman nice. year. Nice. Oh boy. Yeah, tell me, we were there. Tell me you had a 38 room. Did you have one of the 38 rooms? I can't. Oh, my gosh. I can't remember. All I remember is that place was, was so crazy. There was, like, old people there. And it was, yep. like, it was, it was definitely a very interesting experience. But I was so, I mean, I was, you know, and I'm a little young for my grade. So I was 17 years old. And, You're kidding. You know, here, you know, and here I am, like, having freedom and, you know, like, this, and had this cool roommate, um, you know, her, who grew up in New York City. And her dad was, like, a bouncer at, like, one of the big clubs, you know, like. Wow. You know, it was in the music business. And she taught me all about like Led Zeppelin and Janis nice. Joplin. Who's your roommate? Who's your roommate? Kate. Kate Clefter. Um, okay. Should, yeah. So we and we were both gingers, so you know we got along really well. <laughs> um, yeah, I still keep in touch with her a little bit. So, 
But cool. yeah, so that was my that was my that was my freshman year at Broadway American. You got to experience Big Nick's though across the street. Oh my, that place is still around. That's so funny that you. It is. It. I thought it closed. It uh, nope. I had a. I had. It's not in the same location. It's not Seventy Seventh and Broadway. It's like over on Columbus. My friend. I had lunch with my friend there like a couple of weeks ago, and I was like, "This is the greatest day of my life that this place <laughs> still exists." Oh, it's great. Yeah. It's yeah, so, I was so happy. It's like it's a little more refined, I guess. I mean, it's you know. Yeah. But uh, but it's still you know still delicious. Oh yeah. And still very much there. So. With its yellow pages style menu, where you know, yeah, like, no, yeah, that's cleaned up a bit, but it's still the food is still good. I had a burger. <laughs> nice, there you Great go. Yogi, wasn't the su- wasn't the sumo burger though? Was it? I don't know. Mm. I just have like a. I'm a. I'm like. I'm such a picky eater. I still eat like a five year old. I'm like plain cheeseburger, French fries. The uh, the sumo <laughs> burger for those for those of you who who don't know on yeah on 77th and Broadway there was a wonderful place called Big Nick's that was mainly a pizza joint, but at the same time they had pretty much anything that was there. Um, and one of the one of their uh, big things that they had because they always have like you know places always have their little eating challenges or whatever. And this one wasn't really an eating challenge. It was just like, if you can hold this down, then, you know, good for you. But it was uh, called the sumo burger, which was one pound of beef. And just, you know, like I, I never had it myself, but uh, I've, I've had a couple of friends who have tried it. One of them actually not only was able to finish it, but he also finished his shake and all of his fries. I was impressed. And What's he's not a big guy. Uh, you can put whatever fixings you want, but it was one pound of beef that made up this one burger. Oh, I see. Yeah, it was it was quite yeah, the haul. That sounds awesome. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, so let's so let's talk about you. I know you know, like these people want to hear your story, so okay. let's start from. I just almost had a Julie Andrews moment. Let's start at the very beginning. No, just it's um, a very good place to start. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> There I oh am with Marymount again. Good stuff, right? Yep. Oh, yeah. So, theater geeks. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, let's go back to, to the very beginning. So everyone's kind of got that moment, you know, that makes you say, like, I want to do that. I want to yeah. be like that. I want to be close to that. I want to do something similar to that. What yeah. was that first spark? What was it that, that got you? Yeah, so uh, fourth grade. Um, fourth grade was not great for me. Um, um, I, a bunch of my friends had like my quote unquote friends had turned on me. I was getting bullied. I was about nine. Hmm. Um, my step, I mean, I, my mother was marrying, um, my stepfather at the time who's a Vietnam right. vet and oh, it wow. was, just, yeah. So it was, it was a really rough, it was really rough. And I just, you know, I'd, I'd always been pretty introverted and like, I liked to like, was playing with my dolls like I was all like into my own imagination mm-hmm. and um I just they, really, were they really, giving you were they giving you any reason of why they were bullying you I don't know who, who remembers we were nine you know what I mean uh, who knows who knows yeah. what it could have been um you know but yeah I was like I've like it was like it felt like I remember it felt like all the the whole school hated me you know it just felt uh, like that and yeah. um actually I'm just supposed to be transparent and um so like, yeah, I was just having a really rough year that year. And I remember watching an episode of Growing Pains. Nice. And Mike Seaver was in a play. Um, and I was like, oh, that's what I want to do. Just like, like be, oh, so not be on TV, of- but like be in the play. You know, like, yeah, no, I like, was, yeah, I was, um, yeah, I wanted to do acting. I wanted to be an actor, you know? 
Awesome. Um, I thought, oh, that's exactly what I want to do. And then the next year, um, the next year, my mom signed me up for acting class. And, um, and then shortly after that, I was in dance class. Oh, wow. And doing plays and stuff, um, you know, ever since, you know, yeah, like, like late elementary, early junior high. And, you know, what was so, what's so great about like a theater community or a dance community, um, or even like, you know, shooting a film, right, is mm -hmm. it's, it's, uh, you become, you know, you become, it's like the sense of community. Like there's that Malcolm Gladwell book that talks about, um, you know, success. And, you know, one of the successes is having a network, like a support system. And they don't necessarily have to be your best friends, but right. it's a group of people that like help, like support, inspire and raise each other up. And I always found that in theater. I always found that, um, in a dance school and I, you know, and, and all of a sudden it was like, oh, okay, I belong, you know? Yeah. And, and then, and then in high school, I wound up going to this acting camp in upstate New York and it was like, oh, finally, like other weird kids like me. I love this so much. I had the nice. best time. Like, as a matter of fact, every August, you know, cause I went in August, like every August I'm like, oh, stage door and stage door has a pretty impressive alumni too. Oh, so really? I'd go back now, but I'd be like the oldest person there. <laughs> Like there was a, you know, there was a bunch of celebrity kids, a bunch of city kids. Like I became, I became pretty good friends with Mia Tyler, uh, Steven Tyler's daughter from Aerosmith, who later oh, like wow. became like a, yeah, she, she was like a fit model. Now she's a photographer, an artist, a mom. She's a super cool chick. Uh, to awesome. this day. I think she lives in LA. Uh, Bijou Phillips was there too. Really? Um, yeah. A bunch of people. Wow. Um, who else? Yeah. Like a bunch of, yeah. Again, celebrity. I can like, I'm blanking right now, but there was, yeah, there was some pretty, yeah. There's some pretty heavy hitters there at Stage Door Matter. That's terrific. And yeah, it was like this old hotel, and we got up, and we, you know, they woke us up in the morning. We had breakfast. We took classes. We did, we did, everybody was in a play. You mm -hmm. know, you put on a show in three weeks. And, and again, it was like, I was like, oh, okay. Like, it was like, you know, these people are my people, you know. Finally, finally makes sense, you know. Yeah. And, um, and then when I got to Marymount, it's funny, you're talking about like, oh, being so driven. And, you know, like, I was like a little like emo brat at that age. Like I was just, you know, like I was, I, you know, I was a little rebellious. I was a little, you know, like I was, you know, I was smoking, I was smoking a lot of pot. I was smoking cigarettes. Like I was like, I was like a little bit like badly behaved at that point. Well, you were finding um, your way, you know. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Was, and I've always been like, like a late bloomer yeah. and again you know it's like I'm, I'm young and I have like all this freedom so why not so, exploit you know, it yeah I don't know I just felt like I don't know like I was just like really angry I was like move over Kristen Stewart like I was like I, was like <laughs> I invented that I know that game you know uh, you know, getting tattoos, getting pierced at that age. And I, you know, and then, you know, after college, it was like this rude awakening. It was like, oh, now you're in a really competitive field, you know? Yeah. And I think that, I think that the younger you are, it's actually more competitive. And I looked like I was like 15 till I was about 30. So, <laughs> uh, you know, like I was able to play, you know, luckily, you know, so um, I think the younger you are, I think there's more people. I think Harrison Ford tells a story about how he was in LA and he, you know, he lived in a house and he was a carpenter and like, you know, one guy left, got married, one guy quit, blah, blah, blah. He was like, in a, like I was the last one left in the house, you know? Yeah. So I think, I think that this, you know, I mean, the business is a marathon. It really is. And yeah, yeah there are too many people that, too many people are thinking of it as a sprint, you know, because right. that's what they see on TV. 
you right. know, young, if it got to be young, got it, you know, and it, even like, you know, like when you tell your family and they're like, Oh, you know, like, you know, you're not Gwyneth Paltrow by the time you're 25, come home, you know, like, right. you, have, you know, there's that attitude too. And it's like, people don't understand. It's like, no, this is, you know, this is who I am. Like, this is my life. And I've had to explain this, you know, I mean, I think, you know, your family and your friend, you know, your friends or whatever from home are like, they're well-meaning, but, but it's, it's, it's not helpful or supportive to have that attitude. Right. You know, so, so during, I know that, you know, like during my time, mainly like in my third year when I was at Marymount, that's when I realized that I need to get a job. I need to, (laughs) you know, there's, there's, um, my father was, you know, was helping me out and everything. So that way I could, you know, concentrate on school. But uh, during my junior year, uh, things kind of took a turn and I needed to, you know, I needed to make my own money. Yeah. And so I wound up getting a part-time job doing, uh, doing admin work uh, for um, a uh, company on 49th and Madison. And then I would just walk to class the rest, you know, the rest of the, you know, after I was finished. Um, so that was, you know, that was part-time work that definitely helped. And it also kind of sprung me into my full-time job that I would later get as an admin assistant and admin work just kind of like was a constant for me. So that way I was able to make a living in some way and kind of take the acting and later on the writing and just kind of put that as not quite a hobby, but supplementary income. Yeah. See, it's so funny. Like you did the responsible thing. I was like, I'm going to wait tables until I'm famous. You know, like that was my attitude, which would be next year when I was 21, you know. But at the same Um, time though, I mean, like I wish that, you know, that I had the opportunity to, you know, get some internships and be, you know, like more involved in the field that I was really, you know, looking forward to being. Who knows what would have happened, you know, like after that, but at the same time, like, you know, right now. But yeah, your parents, you know, you know yeah, they're well-meaning. It's an expensive city and you need oh, yeah. insurance and you need to pay your apartment. You know, you need, you know, I mean, I get, you know, I get what they're saying. Right. But, you know, um, you know, there's this thing like where the mind, where the mind goes, the energy flows, you know, and there were mm-hmm. so many years where, you know, I had made sacrifices, where I had chose the restaurant job over the audition, where I had tried to do the responsible thing. And you know what? Like, I still wound up here. Yeah, exactly. I still wound up like, I, I, you know, this is me. This is who I am. And it's never going to change. So I have to actually give this 100%. Yeah. You know, I can't split my focus anymore because, you know, when you, when you, I notice like when I'm too scattered, when I have a lot of like balls in the air, like Mm -hmm. everything gets done, but it's not like in a, it's not in a, nothing, like everything gets done like half, you know, like half assed or like, you know. Right. So at least, you know, now with like the yoga teaching, like it's flexible. It's, it's early in the morning, it's afternoon. Like I never, I never have a problem getting a sub for a class. Um, you know, if I have an audition, I can go, you know, it's yeah. not, it's never a question. So speaking so, of which, so, yeah. you know, speaking of which, um, how did yoga get come into the picture well i was again real talk i told you i was pretty transparent so i was smoking so much pot i was having panic attacks oh so i and you know i was was in my early 20s i was alone i have you know i'm actually in the same apartment i've been in this whole time really so yeah yeah so um, i definitely yeah what rent control yeah pretty much i mean yeah yeah 
very, very, very lucky yeah. in that way um, that I've had this apartment this whole time. But so, so again, so I was having, so I was having these anxiety attacks and I was like, okay, maybe let me start dancing again. Cause I danced as a child. So I was like, okay, maybe I'll go take ballet, go take jazz or whatever. And mm -hmm. then I saw at the dance studio, there was a yoga class and yeah. it, it was such a game changer. Yeah. And in the beginning of your yoga, like journey, like the gains are huge. Yeah. You know, like in the beginning, you're like, whoa, like, what is this? And then I wound up getting, instead of having a nighttime restaurant job, I had a daytime restaurant job. I actually worked at EJ's, not right next to Marymount, which yep. the schedule was a little bit, it was like a little bit more healthy, you know, cause night working is, you know, there's with, when you work at night, when you're working like four to midnight, it's just, it cultivates bad habits. You're going out drinking, you're sleeping late. You're just, you know, you're just living life backwards and not getting anything done. So at least when I was at EJ's, it was like more of like a regular schedule. Yeah. It's like the night shifts are kind of like, it's almost like you're a perpetual college student because yeah it's, you know, it's just it's just it's and it's it's just it's unhealthy it's toxic you know I've worked in so many restaurants and it's like super stressful and it's and also like I like I mentioned like naturally I mean I, I know how to be an extrovert but I'm definitely naturally introverted like that kind of job like drains me like crazy and I'm not the only one like I just saw that they'll just that 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 industry will just like suck the lifeblood out of you for like a couple of bucks you know it's not even worth it Wow. You know, not, I mean, you can get, you can kind of pull your head above water, but you're not getting anywhere. But it's was like, the tip, was the tip money good though? You know, like, um, I mean, yeah, EJ's, I mean, EJ's, it was all volume, you know? So, I mean, the customers were a complete nightmare. It was the Upper East Side, <laughs> like total nightmare. Oh um, uh, yeah. yeah. But you, um, but you know, you made money just by turning your tables by, by sheer volume. Get them okay. in, get them out. You know, yeah. that's how, that's how that place is and still thriving to this day. Um, still does really, really well. So. Yeah. EJ's was the workplace for quite a few. Mary mm -hmm. Quite a few. Yeah, a bunch of, of Marymounters. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it was a good game. And you know, you didn't, you know, he didn't, they didn't like, and then it, later on I wound up working at uh, Nobu, which was like crazy high-end Japanese celebrity yeah. haunt kind of place. And, you know, they, get, they like made you be full-time. You couldn't, there was no flexibility in your schedule. It was like, you know, it was extremely rigid, but at least EJ's there was like, there was some wiggle room, you know, you can get a shift covered. You can, you know, you can move things around. You don't have to be there five days a week. Well, I'm sure with Nobu, you know, like they have, um, I'm sure there's like a waiting list of people that were waiting to work there. Uh, yeah, but pe but pe they they weeded people out pretty quickly because that job was like it's so stressful, it's so rigid. It's uh, I mean I don't know I was I had a stomach ache for like the five years I worked there. I hated it. So five much. years, wow. Yeah, yeah. I was hostess and then and I did coat check, and then I was maitre d. Yeah. Wow. So yeah, but um, but again, like <laughs> you know, I still wound up here. Yep. I still wound up here. And that job like that, like a corporate restaurant like that, like there's no room for acting. There's no room for, you know, anything besides them and like sleeping, you know, that right. was like all you did. Oh, I know that well. So, I mean, even, yeah. though, like, even though I was, I was working a desk job, you know, like that was, you know, all of my writing and everything and had to be done during the evening. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's, it was almost like writing came as a necessity of being my creative outlet so you're doing yoga. Was that also kind of like that 
outlet that you you were kind of craving? It's not the same. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like, yeah, no. I mean, I guess it, it sort of took the place of dance over time. Because mm-hmm. dance is, you know, dance, that, that dance, you have to be young, you have to be good now. Right. And I loved it, but I didn't love it enough for that fight. Right. You know, for that, I just didn't love it enough. So I think that, I think that the yoga took the place of the dance, you know, um, physically. And also, actually, I think I always tell, I think every actor should at least try yoga because it makes you more present, it makes you more open. Your instrument, your body is more open. You, um, you're actually there. The self-consciousness goes away. You know, the need, the drive to tell that story, to be there with that person. I think my acting became much stronger um, when I, you know, when I practice yoga regularly. I think, I think it's, it's hugely, it's a, it was a hugely helpful tool for me. Um, so I, I mean, like- everybody's different, but. Was it like, you know, the meditation element of it? Yeah, yeah. Breathing, mm-hmm. being in your body, being more body aware, being relaxed, mm-hmm. being more confident. Yeah. Um, all of these things, I think. I think it's, it's definitely, I think they definitely go hand in hand. Nice. And also like the discipline of the practice. Mm-hmm. You know, like, you know, when you, and actually I was, I, I was, I've been in this um, scene study class for 10 years um, with Alice, speaking of another community, um, I've been studying with Alice Spivak for a very, very long time. Mm-hmm. And um, we, I think, not only is she an amazing teacher, but I think that a lot of actors grow really, really well in her class because she makes us rehearse mm-hmm. five times a week. I mean, five, you know, we rehearse five hours put up the scene and then she gives notes and then we do two more rehearsals and then we show it again. Wow. Show her the scene again. So the, the class takes a big commitment, but it's, it's similar to yoga in that way because yoga requires you to practice. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to, you know, you have to, if you, if you want to, if you want to, I always tell people, you know, one class isn't going to do it. It's, it's about consistency and discipline and some days you're going to suck and some days you're going to be great. And, 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 and and being okay with it either way. It took, you know, the, you know, the yoga took a lot of that, like that ego driven, gotta be, you know, gotta have it now, gotta have it now, you know, learning that, like, like we were talking about acting being a marathon and life being a journey as Mm -hmm. opposed to like, gotta get there right now. And just, you know, just accepting like what is, because I know a lot of actors get frustrated because they're like, oh, it's not happening for me now. And you know, like it's, I, I hear that attitude and this person's booking and this person's booking and why aren't I booking? And, and I think, you know, this like yoga just squashed all of that for me. All really? of it. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I'm thrilled when people that I know are booking because, you know, it just tells me that like energetically, like I'm, I'm in that level too. That's you know, awesome. that I'm on that plane. Yeah. And, um, and uh, somebody said to me recently, like, high tides rise the boat. Mm-hmm. So, like, it's incredible when people yeah. you know are doing well. Like, you know, that's, that's hope. That's not like, it's and just, yeah. It's, it just helped, really helped me grow, like, mature, mature, maturity and, like, yeah, spiritually, all that stuff. And that's really, like, the crux of this whole show because – the main reason why this show started was because I was looking through my entire 
Facebook, uh, Facebook friends roster and saw like so many different people from all walks of life that are committed to making their dreams a reality that are not giving up, that are con- constantly pushing, that are constantly creating. And it's inspiring to see all of that. And it was just like, man, there's so many great people here that are doing so many great things and they need to be celebrated. They need to be more known. They need to have a platform. And yeah, and then, you know, people like, realize, yeah. you know, it's, it's really brave to continue this because so many people try and knock you down because a lot of people don't have the cojones to do it themselves. Right. So everybody's got something to say about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I had somebody recently have the, speaking of balls, like say <laughs> to me, like, oh, get your life. Why don't you get your life together? You know, it's like, okay, just because my life doesn't look like your life, not just because I don't fit into some suburban box, doesn't mean that my life isn't together, you know? Right. And it's right. all about like celebrating what you do have. Mm-hmm. Today's show is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. If you've never been an Audible customer and want to see what they offer, just go to www.audibletrial.com slash Excelsior Journeys and browse the unmatched selection of audio programs, download a title for free, and start listening. It's that easy. Why Audible? Audible content includes an unmatched selection of audiobooks, original audio shows, news, comedy, and more from the leading audiobook publishers, broadcasters, and entertainers. And with this free 30-day trial, you'll have your pick of it all. You can hear books of all genres narrated by Jim Dale, Stephen Fry, Will Patton, Alex Hyde-White, Jeff Brick, Neil Shaw, William Demerit, and even a few by me, George Soroy. So go to www.audibletrial.com slash Excelsior Journeys and start your own 30-day journey with Audible today. You're now a yoga instructor, right? Uh-huh. So when, when did that happen? When you kind of like caught the bug to do that? So I guess I've been a certified instructor for about 10 years now. And um, it started slow, you know, because um, yoga is also very, very competitive. It's a saturated market, especially here in New York. But oh, yeah. There's a lot of demand. And I think and I think that we're, I think that, you know, this day and age, like, I think people need it. We need yoga. We need it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Bad. Yeah. So I, I think, you know, it's like there's a lot of demand, and but there's a lot of instructors. So in the beginning, in the beginning of my, like, teaching journey, like, it was slow. Like, I just had a class here and there. I still worked at the restaurant part-time. And, and then I wound up, I was a cycling instructor for a while. I taught, like, you know, spin or whatever you want to call it. Okay. Um, yeah. And I pretty much did that. I'm not like, it's funny. Like I'm not like a big cardio person. Um, right. I, I'm like kind of windy. I mean, I'm all right. Like I'm in decent shape, but it's not like, it's not my strong suit, but I basically did it to, to get into the gym so I can teach yoga because right. there's more demand. People don't want, you know, cycling, it's a lot of cardio. You burn out really quickly. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's, there's less cycling instructors than yoga. So, um, I started doing that and it worked. And then I wound up getting into the gyms to teach, teach yoga that way. So, mm-hmm. so then, and then, um, you know, I was, you know, and also with this kind of work, it's very freelance. You have two classes at this place, two classes at that place, blah, blah, blah. 
And then I guess it was about two years ago, one of the gyms I was working at, like closed their doors like two days before Christmas with no notice. Really? They just went belly up, chapter 13 or whatever the heck it is. Oh, chapter 11. Up. Yes. Whatever. The team must have been really bad. <laughs> yeah, it was just it was it was a disaster. <laughs> There's but, no uh, building at all. Like, what <laughs> yeah, they had like negative money. Right. Uh, but yeah, it was so. But then, but then with that, um, with that, with that gym closing, um, Equinox wound mm -hmm. up. They they sent us emails like the next day, and um, you know, they sort of absorbed us all. Um, Equinox, yeah. Really so they're they're one of the big yeah they're one of the biggest gyms in New York. There's they're opening the 24th location this week. They're all over the world. So I'm very very lucky to be able to work there. Um, everybody's great there, and there's a lot of there's volume. You know, there's a lot of opportunity. There's a lot of subbing. There's a lot of chances to work as an as a yoga instructor. And I don't have to teach cycling. I don't have to wait tables. And I can um, I can make this you know like my main thing. So it's nice. And I have a commercial agent. They send me out. They, Laura and Jillian, they send me out every once in a while. So that's always nice. So you're, you've gotten some stability, you know, like as a yoga instructor. You've been able to, you know, concentrate on doing things you love while also having the time afterwards to focus on writing, like you were saying, like uh, go out on auditions as needed. So I saw, I saw your short film. I think it's very good. And I'm excited to see the finished cut when it's when uh, when when it's all said and done. Yeah. So what I what I'm you know like uh, what I like to know is um, first of all you know like uh, you know you you gotta you know you gotta definitely have to tell uh, our listeners about it. Uh, what first prompted you to make this? Um, well, um, I was coming off, um, I was in, I can't, I don't even want to call it a relationship. I was in a situationship, <laughs> ah, okay. uh, with a man, uh, mm -hmm. who was, who treated me like garbage, but for some mm -hmm. reason I was very, very, I was addicted to him. You know, it's, um, it's such a weird thing to be addicted. They're great in the beginning, you know, mm -hmm. super fun, super attentive, super, you know, basically he was listening to every word I say, so he can like use it against me later. Um, uh. if, you know, if you, um, you know, if anyone's well-versed in like narcissism or narcissistic abuse, like these people, like they work, you know, it's like a textbook, like the behaviors, like, it's like, they all have the same story. And, you know, I have some problems like within myself that would attract that. Um, I'm not good with boundaries. I, um, you know, I mean, I have some, you know, and sometimes they're good qualities. It's like non-confrontational, like a nice person, you know, mm -hmm. but sometimes with this, like with this, these qualities, like people take advantage, you know? Um, and, 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 you know, I've noticed even, even to this day, like even being aware of it, people like this still, I'm like, I'm a target for people like that. Like people still come at me. Like luckily at this point in my life, like I can assess it a lot quicker and dismiss it. And I'm not attracted to it. I don't like it anymore. It's just actually kind of gross and sad to me at this point, but I didn't mm -hmm. know that then. Right. So, um, so, you know, I, um, you know, I had went to a doctor and my blood pressure was 150 over a hundred and oh, wow. um, my liver enzymes were high and I was, I was anxious 
all the time. So it was generalized anxiety. And then I would have like acute attacks. Like if he called, if he didn't call, if I saw a picture of him with another woman on Facebook and he's telling me I'm crazy, even imagining things and gaslighting, you know? So right. I, this doctor was like, <laughs> he was like, um, you have to block this man from your phone right now because he will kill you. He will literally mm. kill you if you don't get rid of him. So um, I did. And, and slowly, slowly things started to get better. And one of the ways that I channeled this was to write this short film. Mm -hmm. You know, I think I said this in my, um, my pitch video or my GoFundMe that like, you know, our, I think it was David Mamet that says our job isn't as, as entertainers, it's not to, it's not to uh, teach, but it's to entertain. Mm -hmm. And then Hamlet says it's to hold a mirror to nature. But, you know, my thought was, you know, this is my piece. If somebody younger than me or newer in the relationship can sort of like figure out these red flags, these qualities and get out of it quicker, mm -hmm. then, then I've, I've served, I've served my community. I also know people that are lost to men like this, that yeah. they're broken. They're, they've fallen into a giant bottle of alcohol and ignore it and, you know, and, and, you know, have sacrificed themselves for people like this, for people that don't even, they don't, these people, they're not capable of love. They're not, they don't have empathy. They don't, they, it's like impossible to, 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 to be in a, in a healthy, stable partnership with people like this. All they do is squash you. All they do is bring you down. They ruin you and they, and they get off on it. They enjoy it. They enjoy watching you suffer. And there are people that are completely lost and um, people that have children with people like this, people that have bosses that are like this, that have parents like this. And, you know, just to let people know, like, you know, you're not alone. You're not crazy. There might be stuff about you that you might want to look at. You might want to like get a little stronger. You might want to like be very clear with boundaries. Um, you might want to not be so afraid to speak your mind and people like this won't, won't bother with so that's why I, that's why I wrote it. That's why I wrote it. I just like threw, I just like threw my like guts and my heart out on this computer, mm -hmm. and and uh, you know learn structure. I had the flu. Everybody had the flu like last Christmas or whatever. Everybody was like laid out. Oh. I had it for like three days, and I just watched movies. Um, like all my old favorites with Save the Cat, you know, the book Save the Cat. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I, I watched movies with Save the Cat in my hand and I sort of like checkmarked, oh, 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 oh. And then I put two and two together. So I took my story and I like and I put it in a structure that I think worked. What were and some of your that's favorite? how I did it. What were some of your uh, the movies that you watched? <laughs> um, well, I watched um, I watched I think I watched all seven Harry Potters. <laughs> Eight. That's right. Yeah. That's right. There was yeah. seven was part two. Seven yes. books, so watched, but yeah, yeah. I watched, I watched all of those. Um, I watched, and you know, even like the simplest movies, like, I mean, I think 21 Jump Street is hilarious. But 21 Jump Street is very, awesome. That is so funny. Not yeah. so slim shady. That's hilarious. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, in, but that movie is the structure is clear, you know? Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, okay. I get it. I get it. You know? Yeah. Oh, here's another one that's like so dumb. Zach and Mary make a porno. <laughs> I am a big fan of of Zach and Mary, and mainly because I'm a Kevin Smith fan. 
Yeah, um, I would, yeah. Yeah, I'm from Jersey. I love Kevin Smith. Like, yeah, I mean, and he, um, I love he's their a big banter. part of why I'm doing this in the first place because you know he has Smodcast, so that's what kind of like inspired me to kind of m- try to make my mark in this in this field and see what happens. Oh, so cool! I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Oh I yeah, didn't know that Kevin Smith had a podcast. I definitely he not, he not only has a podcast, but he's got a podcast network, the main show Smodcast with uh, Scott Mosier, his producer. Mm-hmm. And they that the success of that show spawned uh, Walt Flanagan, Brian Johnson, and Brian Quinn from uh, Impractical Jokers to do a, their show called Tell Him Steve Dave, and that wound up actually like spinning off into Comic Book Men on AMC. Huh. So like yeah, those those guys started because of that podcast. Amazing! And, Look uh, at that. Yeah, and I mean, I I could I can go on about you know Kevin Smith is. <laughs> Kevin Smith history, but I would definitely direct you to. Uh, yeah, uh, I would Smod- definitely check that out. The Smodcast Internet like, Network. Yeah. Yeah, like I think you know what what I love about that movie most is that they had nothing to lose. Yeah. They found their tribe. Yep. They oh, did yeah. what they loved. The money and the love they followed. When they were unapologetic, when they you know they did exactly what they were meant to do. Yeah, Kevin actually that's, had said yeah, that. That's, that's why, that's, you know, that's why I love that movie so much. And it's like sophomoric and gross, but it, it, it's hilarious. And, you know. Yeah. Kevin actually had uh, gone on record saying that, uh, that that was almost like a, um, uh, almost like a retelling of him making Clerks. Because, you know, all, only with, um, with Scott Mosier being played by Miri. And putting in like, uh, putting in a little twist where they fall in love at the end. Um, you know, yeah, but, uh, but I can that see was, that. Yeah, you know, like he had, just like you said, you know, like he had the vision, he saw it through, and the, you know, the rest is, uh, the rest is definitely history. Yeah, yeah. So you're seeing all these different movies and everything, and they're getting, you're getting the hang of structure. Yeah. And uh, did you, you know, like have any other books other than Save the Cat, or were you have, do you have like um, any sort of like formatting book or anything to, to assist you? Um, you know, not really, to be honest. Um, yeah. The Save the Cat was the best, but I did, I re, you know, I made like the index cards and I wrote on the poster boards and I use, you know, I used different colored markers and it yep. was fun to work that way. Awesome. And then as far as like creative, I always say this, as far as like creativity goes, like where I get the best ideas is um, like some kind of like slow and steady cardio. Mm-hmm. Like if I'm in the pool. Right. Um, or sometimes like, you know, if the weather's good, I'll take a city bike um, and just, I'm, I'm a little nervous in the traffic, but I'll just go like down the Hudson River bike, bike path. Like I'm not crazy exercising. I'm just like kind of slow and steady. Being in nature is also super inspiring. Um, I just, I fell in love with Rockaway this summer. Oh, really? Rockaway, New York. Yeah. And I started surfing. Nice. And I love it. I'm, ter- I mean, whatever. I hold my nose still. Like it's so embarrassing. But and I like, you know, I don't know what I'm doing quite yet. But I love it. And I love it so much fun. And just yeah, being just again, whether it's like the beach or the bike or like just being in the water. Like I just feel, um, you know, I can usually like I can spark up some ideas this way. And yeah. it's visceral. It's not like. I'm not thinking about it too much, but like I just have to allow things to like come to me. Right. Um, and I have to get better at like receiving the ideas as opposed to like stressing out about it and like ruminating and, and, and just thinking so much. Does that because, happen? Like, uh, do you kind of get those, that inspiration and everything like while you're posing 
you know, like for, you know, doing the yoga poses? Um, sometimes, sometimes. Yeah. Again, it's, yes, I, you know, I can't, and not when I'm teaching, obviously, because when I'm teaching, I'm with my students. Right. Um, I, I really want to be present with them. But if I'm practicing, yeah, sometimes, I mean, again, it's not, it's not like, it's not actual words. It's, it's like pictures. It's like a feeling. It's, uh, but at least, you know, I can take that blob and, and, and shape it up when I'm sitting at a computer. So yeah, that's, that's that. I have a second short I want to shoot too called Trust the Universe. Yeah. And it's kind of a, but more of a buddy comedy about like, you know, getting to, you know, a certain age and regretting your choices and kind of, it's my ode to like suburbia. So I'm hoping to, you know, get that shot pretty soon. I have some cool people interested in that one too, but one thing at a time. So with the first film, yeah, the first film, um, I still need um, sound and color correction. And then I'm going to send it off to festivals. Awesome. Do you have music picked out? You know, I don't, um, I'm not, there's a couple of like, there's a couple of like phone sounds that I need. There's one scene where there, I'm just going to use some like, you know, like royalty free, like canned music. I don't really need anything too, too fancy. Right. Um, and then, yeah, just, you know, just super benign and simple. Like, uh, you know, um, whoever I, I have somebody um, interested in doing the sound, so I'm probably going to give them the license to do it because I feel like they know better than I would. Mm-hmm. So you do have plans and everything to kind of, you know, shop this around it uh, yeah. for, you know, different festivals and everything. Yeah. Um, you know, I just decided to take my acting career in my own hands, quite frankly, like, you know, the way it is now um, with, with the business is I, you know, you have to, you have to go to these like pay to play places. I don't know if you remember these agent and casting director seminars where you pay like $90 to meet one casting director. Yeah. Who, they, they, have, they have something similar with, um, with voice, with uh, voiceover artists. There's yeah. uh, com and voice123.com where basically what you're doing is you're paying a monthly stipend for the right to audition for all of these different, for all these different things. And if you really want to be um, successful at that, then you got to be sitting at that, at your microphone ready to ready to do you know like whatever script like at a moment's notice and then just get it right over there and by the time you've gotten it over there there are other 50 people right before you that just did the same thing so it's very easy to get lost in the shuffle so i i i remember i remember those you know kind of showcases uh yeah they're not even showcases anymore it's just like like maybe when i was a kid acting you did you went you had like you know you we were in like a like a like a black box theater and a bunch right. of people did scenes and then you know and it wasn't even it, back in the day it was the agents that had the power it wasn't the casting directors mm-hmm. now it's the opposite now um the casting because the casting director can call you in directly you know um and the agent is sort of like the middleman but earlier it wasn't like that the agent was the one that that had the power so it was like oh gotta get an agent gotta get an agent and now it's like an agent's not going to look at you unless you have some credits right so the only way to get credits is again to go to these casting director seminars and these people that run it you know they make you feel like you don't care about your career unless you give them all your money (laughs) right you know so so that's kind of that's bullshit i'm like where did that even come from 
Right. Um, you know, and I think they're, they were cracking, they were cracking down in LA. Like apparently like casting directors aren't allowed to take headshots, but that's kind of like BS because anybody can find anybody on the internet these days. So it doesn't oh, yeah. even, yeah. it doesn't even matter all that much. So I just said, no, I'm not gonna, I'd rather, if I'm going to, you know, if I'm going to invest in anything, I'm going to invest in my own project and, and write something that I know I'm right for and yeah. take my career in my own hands. That's and terrific. that's what I decided to do. And that's what I did. Yeah. Do you see and this? You know, uh, so, empa- so empowering. It was such a good, it was such a good feeling to do that. Yeah. The, do you see the, um, uh, do you see this character kind of like moving on into like other short films? You no, know, right? it's interesting that you say that. Like I almost wanted to, I was thinking about writing, and this is the first time I've said this out loud oh, in public. I anyway. I have so, a scoop. <laughs> uh, yeah, like um, I've thought about, you know, having, you know, sh- maybe a short film of them in the beginning of their relationship when everything was awesome or like maybe at his funeral or something. You oh, know, wow. Or, you know what I mean? Like, you could, you know, you could have like, both. You could, yeah, you could have both. Yeah, you could yeah, yeah, use yeah, the funeral showing, as a framework. Right. Exactly. Then, like showing yeah. the different or, you know, I also... You know, speaking of Rockaway, like they they had um they every summer they have a festival of films that are about surfing. Oh. And a big part of my healing from from this was going to Rockaway. Still, oh. I'm probably going Sunday. Like it helps, you know, it helps mm-hmm. to be by the water, like I mentioned earlier. So I was like, oh, maybe you know, maybe this character like getting over her, you know, this dude. You know, not talking to him for a couple of months and, 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 you know, like, and, and connecting at the beach and connecting with people at the beach or something like that. I don't know. Yeah. So, so yeah, I, I thought of, I have a whole bunch of, I'm full of ideas. <laughs> yeah. And, and yeah, they're definitely, I'm, I love that. And so, um, so where yeah, I just need a producer if you know anybody, <laughs> Oh yeah, I need a hustler. I need a trusting hustler. Well, you, I mean, you, you're doing, you're doing, you were doing really well regarding, um, you did the, what, an Indiegogo? Uh, I did candy? a GoFundMe. A GoFundMe, that's right. Okay. I looked at the other ones. I looked at Seed and Spark. I looked at, um. Kickstarter? Yeah, I looked at all of them and I just, it was stressful enough to watch mm-hmm. that thing. Yeah. That I just, I, yeah, I, I couldn't, I, I, I don't think I could have handled the stress of like not getting any of it you know? Yeah. I, I yeah, I, I went funny. through, I went through that when I was, um, you know, like in between, when I was in between jobs and decided that I was going to raise money for voice lessons and just basically yeah. just said that, you know, like, let me, let me narrate uh, your stuff for you. So, you know, like uh, for 500 words, it'll be $10 for a thousand words, it'll be $20. And somehow, you know, like just, you know, scraping by like right at the very end. Um, and with the help of a couple of, you know, very generous people that, um, that I'm looking forward to working with on their projects. Um, it happened. It was, I was able to make, to reach my goal and finally like get it across the finish line. But yeah, those, that month was really stressful, especially considering yeah. that I was looking for a job at the same time. <laughs> so it was, yeah. Things, things weren't exactly, um, you know, right in, in yeah. my mind while I was going, going through all of that. Yeah, that it was, it's a nightmare. And that's why I, that's why I'm like, I want to, I would like to pass the producer buck. I would like to relinquish control. I do uh, not because blame that's you. Like, and there's something, you know, there are people out there that are good at it and that enjoy it. 
you know, they enjoy it. Like, I'm like, Oh, I got to ask somebody. I don't even want to ask them for 10 bucks. Like, it's like, Oh, like it's so, you know, it's just so awkward. Yeah. For me, you know, for me, I know some people are good at it and they like know how to like work it and they know how to make it look like an investment. And I mean, I believe in my work. It's not that, but you know, it's, it's that, yeah, it's, it's like like, uh, yourself out there too on the internet. It's like, it's, it's like uh, when I'm telling people to buy my books, you know, and everything, I don't like doing that, you know, like, but at at the same time, I need people to read it. I need people (laughs) to, you know, like, and I hope that people enjoy them. I hope that they, write reviews on them. But, uh, but yeah, it's, it's something, you know, like it's something to really kind of put yourself out there. And that's awesome that you're, that you're doing that, even though it's not exactly the part of it that, you, yeah. that you're, that everything you're really else I loved, everything else right. I loved, like making the shot list, you know, that was fun. And, uh, were there, know, I wound up, what, sorry, were there people that, uh, that you went, that, um, you went to school with, you know, like over at Marymount that were filmmakers in the, you know, in their own right that were, that you would kind of like been able to uh, pick their brain in some way? From Marymount, uh, I had, oh, I don't want to talk about it really, but one of those people that showed me their true colors was a friend from Marymount. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. And I knew it, you know, we, you know, we know who people are. We just don't want to admit it or we're, you know, dazzled by something else or charm or again i'm like a magnet for these kind of people so mm. so yeah there are there are some there are some bad eggs at mary <laughs> well you know you know there, there are bad eggs everywhere unfortunately sure absolutely a hundred percent yeah a hundred percent but you know again it's about it's about being smart and assessing like who's to you know who can you trust and again this was like and this was this was a good lesson because it was like this is my baby like i'm not playing right not playing I'm in charge like I'm not you know I'm not putting up with any sort of bs or garbage like I'm the boss I have the power here you know I I'm not you know I I'm not I'm not putting up I mean whatever getting terrible advice and just shady behavior and you know canceling on me last you know just a bunch of like nonsense again we're we know we're grown-ups like it's just not high school this is real life right and uh, yes, but that's but that's so inspiring that that fact that you were able to, you know, take a hold of your of yourself in terms of your career, your vision, your goals, and yeah. want to see them through on your terms. That's very very inspiring, and it's something that I hope that a lot of uh, that a lot of listeners can take to heart. You know, they I'm sure that you know a lot of you guys out there. I'm sure you have a project. You have um, some form of passion and everything that you just need to invest in and and see it through and it's a it's a great thing to see that happen so um where can people find you christina Um, oh please follow me on the instagram yes for sure christina erickson yogi and that's uh k and that's uh k-r-i-s k's yes very that is Swedish. So Christina Erickson, all case. Yep. Uh, Christina Erickson Yogi. And you can find me on Instagram. And then stay, you know, stay tuned for the film. I'll post updates about the film on, um, on Instagram as well. And yeah, hoping to get that thing into festivals. There's a GoFundMe link if, uh, if you were so inclined. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm not such a bad producer after all. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Yeah. Um, so, there, yeah. Like, like we 
like we said, Christina, there are, you know, there are bad eggs everywhere, but you're definitely a good egg. Oh, and, thanks, so, George. You too. And, uh, thank you. And I'm so yeah. thrilled that you were able to, uh, to come here to tell your story, to, you know, share your passion, your drive with, uh, with everyone here. So I really hope that, uh, that a lot of you are taking these stories to heart and are not giving up on your own journey. Just to, uh, just to wrap this up, I'm really, really grateful that, uh, Christina, that you took the time to come here and, to, and talk to us. And I really hope that, uh, that all, of, uh, all my listeners have been able to grab onto this, run with it, and go and follow their own Excelsior journeys. So for Christina Erickson, this is George Saroy saying to you, Ever Upward.